Well, for those of you who don't know who I am, no, Pastor Mark didn't just morph into someone with softer hair. It's, it's not Pastor Mark. <laughs> uh, I'm Pastor Neil. I think I know everybody, but I, just in case, I'm Pastor Neil, the associate pastor. And the pastor gave me the privilege of sharing tonight, so I really appreciate that. This is fun. As I was seeking the Lord, you know, for what I should share, I immediately thought about things that have been that have been rumbling around in my my empty brain. You know, it needs to be fuller. Because often, when something like that happens, whatever the Lord's been dealing with you lately is kind of what He wants to talk about. Or if you guys have ever had that experience where the Holy Spirit is really impressing something upon you, and then you, you have our small group like we had uh, Monday night, and, and, and the same word is spoken, and you, you watch someone on Day, Daystar, and, and they're sharing that same word, and, and you get into the, the scriptures, and you're reading, and, and the same word is coming. The Holy Spirit is very consistent. Not all the time, because we don't always have the, our spiritual antennas up, but I think if we have our spiritual antennas up, we're all going to be hearing the same message, more or less. You know, the the time is short, or, you know, get ready, or, you know, whatever whatever the message is, I believe that the Spirit doesn't say different things to different people. That's just not, I mean, he's not going to look at Susan and say, well, because of who you are, I got a different word for you. No, he's trying to get a word out to the church. And since I, this is new for me, I'm not that experienced, I don't know if my two words, I have two little, two little words I got from the Lord, if that's going to be connecting with your spirit, but that is one of the evidences if something is from the spirit, is it's connecting. It, yes, that's, that's what I hear. So the two things that had been in my heart, and I, and I, I spent a lot of time thinking, and by the way, let me first say, this is going to be brief, this is not going to be a sermon. Pastor's like, yeah, right. Uh, I've gone over every one of my sermons, but I just want to share two short little little things, two short things that'll probably be 20 minutes or so. But then I want to I want to go into worship. We're going to have a time of worship because that's the most favorite thing that we do during our believers meeting is worship. So we're going to enter into His courts with thanksgiving. We're going to worship Him with all of our heart. We're going to worship Him with all of our mind and with all of our soul, all of our strength. That's what we want to do. That's what the Lord wants from us. So we're going to enter in that time of worship, and then hopefully we'll have, we'll have time afterwards. After the worship is over, like I did last time that I led the believers meeting, I want to leave some space for the, for the Holy Spirit to move. So, as I'm sharing this very brief talk, uh, I want you to be preparing your hearts. In fact, right now, speak to your spirit. Say, spirit. Everybody repeat after me. Spirit. spirit. Wake, up within me. Wake up within me. Spirit. Spirit. I want something from you tonight. I want something from you tonight. Okay, hopefully that did it. Get that spirit awakened within you. Sometimes, you know, you just kind of have to shake things up. You know, the Spirit's there. But if we're not asking for it, if we're not saying, Spirit, speak to me God's truths, 
we're just going to kind of be stuck up here. So that was, that's the first thing that I felt that the Lord was leading me to talk about is the importance of seeking spiritual truths with our spirit, not with our five senses. And to keep this shorter, I did something. I took a bunch of scriptures and I just wrote a little compilation of them. And I want you to just to soak these in. Just listen to these and let them soak into your spirit. The spirit gives birth to spirit. Only after our spirit is born again can we believe heavenly things. We must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Within our spirit is our true water source, a spring of water welling up within us to eternal life. From the spirit to our spirit is our true food source, spiritual food that endures eternal The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives us the knowledge of the secrets of heaven. We have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Isaiah said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. However, God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Jesus said, or Jesus, why do you speak in parables? Because they have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Their their ears are open, but they hear nothing. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Those are just a few scriptures that talk about our spirit within us and the promises. One of the promises I like the most about this is, is when our spirit is awakened to God, we now can understand those mysteries of God. We now, it's because our spirit is understanding the mysteries of God. Our spirit is understanding deep things of God. Not our mind, not our brain. Too many of us, too many of us are agonizing that we are having trouble understanding and walking in spiritual truths. We're just agonizing that we can't have enough faith to believe in healing. We're agonizing that, that we want to get to someplace else in our spiritual growth. But too often, we're, we're, and I'm speaking for myself here, that's why this is one of the things the Lord's dealing with me, is too often I'm trying to read more scriptures so I have more information so I can have that understanding to believe in. But that only takes you to the certain place. I mean, the mind has to get involved. Obviously, the mind has to get on board. That's, remember when I, when I, those of you who are here when I spoke about spirit, soul, and body, it's the two against one thing. If we get the soul, the mind, and the will, and the personality in line with the spirit, then then the flesh doesn't have a chance. And so so part of that understanding with the brain getting in line with the spirit is there's some things that are only perceived by the spirit. And we have to be okay with that. We have to say, mind, read it, believe it, and then get out of the way. If we try to wait, well, you know, I believe, I believe, I believe... I can't wait till I see that healing so that I can believe. 
Well, Jesus talked about that a lot. That's a perverse generation that has to have a miracle to believe. You know, he, he spoke in parables because he didn't want to make it easy for the brain to say yes. It had to come from the heart. Their spirit had to connect with him through the heart, and then they would say yes. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't work. You can't have a relationship with the brain. Unbelief, and here's why we have problems with our brain. Unbelief is the main deal that we're, that's battling us. It's not lack of faith. It's not lack of faith. We have enough faith. Remember, we just need to have this much faith and we can move the mountain. So the faith is not it. We, we are here because we have faith in God and, and all the things of the promises of God. But then we get to certain places that we have trouble and unbelief comes in. And we say, oh, I want to believe, I want to believe, I want to believe. But unbelief, Jesus rebuked his disciples that were living and breathing and eating the same food and right next to him for three years. And he rebuked them for their unbelief. Now, some, some translations call it little faith. But really, the, the context is unbelief, because he talks about faith in the, some of the same sentence, some of the same stories. He's talking about faith. You got faith like a mustard seed to move the mountain. Just before that, he was rebuking them for their, some say, lack of faith. But really, it's your unbelief. And that's why the one father said to him, well, help me with my unbelief. Because so our unbelief needs to be solved with the spirit. It can't be solved with the mind. We're going to get all the information we need, and then our spirit, like in 1 Corinthians 2, one of those was from 1 Corinthians 2, that whole chapter is just beautiful. You know, who can know the, the spirit of the man? Well, who can know the heart of man but the spirit of man? Who can know God but God's spirit? You know, and it's referring, you know, how could we even know God but God's spirit speaking to our spirit? So if we don't understand that we need to press in to God with our spirit, that's why it was such a revelation when I came here and, and was taught on the importance of tongues. I prayed in tongues before I came here, but I didn't have that understanding that that's how my spirit got connected with his spirit, and, and it was like a computer connection, and the download just happened. Yeah. It's not something that I could hear and visually see. It's spiritual, and it just downloads, and all of a sudden, like Pastor often shares about, he just knows more. When he enters that place and the spirit's downloading, you just you just know more. Your spirit man is smarter. Your spirit woman now has discernment. I was talking to husbands and wives separately. I have one I have one example that I don't want to take the time to turn the scripture, so you're just going to have to trust me in this. That. It, it's really kind of an interesting example. When you, the example of you have, to, you have to discern spiritual things with your spirit. You can't. We have a tendency, and most of you, you know, say, hey, yeah, you know, I, I already know that, and I do that. Well, probably you don't as often as you think. We, we're okay as long as everybody's nice to us, and as long as, you know, the preacher said it just right, and, you know, everything, and all, all the stars were aligned. Oops. Uh, you know, and then everything's cool, but no, if our spirit man is receiving, then we are getting it into the real, the real important knower, not here and here. Amen. If we are living our charismatic, tongue-talking, spiritful life in the, in the brain, we're going to be like that, like that man, like tossed by the winds and the waves, and he's double-minded. Yeah. 
We're not supposed to be double-minded. This is how we not get double-minded is by feeding the Spirit. So this is just a little story about how interesting it is that we cannot see spiritual things with our eyes. Every single account of Jesus coming to his disciples after the resurrection, they didn't recognize him. Because he was in a spiritual glorified body. It wasn't until he actually did something. In one case, it was feeding, doing some fish. In the other case, it was breaking bread and, and, and basically almost like communion. Once he was doing the things that, that they could recognize him, they said their heart knew it was Jesus. Or the, my heart, it burned within me while he was talking. But he had a new form, the same kind of form we're going to have. And the, really, the story is alluding that their eyes were beholden, which means their eyes were in, unable to recognize him. Well, if that's the case, you know, that's because it, it had to be their heart. Just like you try to sense when someone's evil. I mean, you know when someone's evil. You're not seeing them as evil. You just sense it. Well, that's your spirit. Or if you're trying to determine if a salesman's honest or trying to rip you off, you're using your spirit. Then <laughs> You're not, okay, let's listen to his words, <laughs> those slimy, greasy words. You know, <laughs> Not all salesmen. I was a salesman for 20 years, so we're not all bad. But we are using that spirit within us to determine who, who someone is in their heart. And so that's the same one we have to, that's the same spirit. We have to exercise that. Now you're going to, uh, I'm not turning to the scriptures because I'm going to try to honor what I said. But what I, what I did decide to do is to talk about both topics, to really put a challenge on my time. But I wanted to also talk about the other thing that was been rumbling around in my head and in my heart. And it's really three topic, topics in one, and that's, that's kind of where I want to focus for our entering into our worship time and entering into this time of waiting on the Lord. And it's three in one. Um, understanding the love the Father has for us, truly understanding His love, understanding the importance of loving each other, and that segues right into the importance of living out that love for one another in genuine community. And I want to turn to a, a couple scriptures here. Let's turn to Matthew 23. Starting in verse 37. Oops, let's see, is that right? How about Matthew 22, verse 37? Otherwise, it would have been a different talk. <laughs> let's see, what would that have said? Oh, prophets, I stone you. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I'm not a prophet, by the way. I'm just up here talking. I can't even call myself teacher. We're not supposed to say teacher, right? Only one teacher. So I'm going to read uh, Matthew 22:37. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, you don't have to turn here, but I thought this was really interesting, uh, beautiful. Uh, Tony Caruso at the financial fitness class, when he was sharing, 
He shared from Proverbs 8. I'm just going to read it for you. Proverbs 8, starting in verse 17. And this is, this is basically God talking to us. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me. What I wanted to do is just, you know, this is old stuff that, you know, we just know, oh yeah, God loves us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for me. But then we memorize that, that scripture and don't really realize how much God loves us. Uh, the Hosea, um, is that how you say it, Hosea, right? Yeah, Hosea has the story of, remember the him going after uh, his, his wife, are you on staff here? <laughs> Way to go, Joe. <laughs> anyway, the story there is, you know, he's going after, you know, his prostitute wife, and he keeps going to her and he keeps going to her and, and, and just showing his love. There's so many scriptures in the Bible that are trying to give us a story or a picture, a visual picture of how much God loves us. But the most beautiful story is his comparison, and that's not even a true word, his way of, of picturing that relationship in the marriage relationship. Jesus uses that. The Jewish custom has a lot of that. You know, basically, we are the bride of Christ. And when, we have, when, the, when the groom comes... There's celebration, and we're united with him. And I personally, this is just personally, I personally believe that God designed marriage so that we had a visual image of what our relationship with God was supposed to be like. It just wasn't a comparison. He did that on purpose so that we actually knew what it was going to look like, that we knew when, oh, Lord God, I finally understand you're... You're beautiful to me. I want to be with you the rest of my life. I love you. I, adore, I don't care what you do. I love you. Oh, I just love you. And oh, thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me just like I am. And no matter what I do, and you know, oh, let's, let's be intimate. I mean, it is a beautiful picture of our relationship with God. Yet we want to be Christians and be estranged at times. We, we can't grow to be what the Lord wants us to be until we have some marriage counseling. We need some marriage counseling with God. We need the Word of God and possibly counselors to sit down with us and let's have some marriage counseling. So what, what seems to be a, the problem in this communication? You know, why are you guys only talking once a week? I don't get it. Let's talk about that. If you start there, then you can get on to the next part about loving one another. Let's turn to John 13. And we're going to start, we're going to break this up. 
so we're not reading the whole chapter, but we're going to start in verse 13. There's two visual images that, that we're getting here. In John 13, starting in verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So, do we think that we're above the master, that we don't need to do that? Obviously, this is figurative because you know, they needed their feet washed. And maybe we do, but you know, that's not our custom. But the example is there. Or do we have that same kind of submitting to each other and loving each other and caring for each other that Jesus is, is portraying here? Now, let's just skip ahead a little bit to verse 34. And this just summarizes it, of course. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, that's a, that's a pretty deep love. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So my point, that three in one, that the importance of loving one another goes right along with the importance of living out that Christian community. That if we, if, if, well, let's just put it this way. Let me have a, I have a question for you, and I want you to answer it. You don't have to raise your hand, just speak it out. If the world will know that we're his followers, that we're children of God, children of the Most High, Christians, if the world will know that we're Christians by the way we love one another, or the, by, by the way we are with one another, what will that look like? What are they seeing that is so different that they go, whoa? So just tell me an example of, of what they would be seeing if they would actually point and say, oh my goodness, those, those people are children of the Most High God. Are they? Look at those Christians. What are the, just raise your hand or just speak out. What are they going to see? What kind of things will they see? Speak up loud. Servants to each other. Love. Joy. Unselfishness. Peace. We'll, hopefully not. Won't need prisons. <laughs> There's a lot of loving guys in prison, but okay. <laughs> what else? What will they see? Those are good one-word answers. They'll see us overseeing offenses. That's the exact. I want some sentences here. That's not a sentence. Yes, they'll see us giving to to each other. They'll see that everybody loves God. Kurt. Helping, helping, out in time of need. helping each other in time of need. Kurt? It says that to love one another as he loved us, and he loved us by laying down his life for us. Ooh. So that's how we love one another, by preferring one another. Now we're getting to some hard stuff. Helping people move in about a month. <laughs> Sign up at the information center. Giving someone your parking spot or your favorite seat at, in the sanctuary. Ooh. 
giving to the poor, cook a meal. Now, some of these things are hard for the world to see, but that's okay. That's still showing love. I'm really interested in what is the world going to see that they know we're Christians and they can see us loving each other. Healing. Yeah, they're going to want what we have. That's a good one. That's true. Joe is an equally pick on uh, opportunity. He doesn't count. Supporting the ministry even when they pick on people who are. Supporting the ministry. Even, yeah, pastors get that big vested interest in this. Even when they pick on people in the service. What else? We, uh, let's, get, let's, get, let's try to get deeper, like the laying down their life for a brother type stuff. That's, that's just as big. Did everybody hear that? Unity, not all the walls up. They can see community, and they can, they can see you know, a lot of one another's going on. That's very attractive. Coming together to serve a purpose that's bigger than all of us individually. Ooh. Coming together to, to serve a purpose that's bigger than all of us individually. Not gossiping. Not gossiping. Ooh. That's almost like a laying down in their life. That's good. No preferential treatment. Showing mercy. Showing mercy. <laughs> Occasionally. If deserved. <laughs> okay, I got to tell you the truth about Joe. Remember the scripture, 70 times 7? Well, 490 times was last week. So he, We love Joe, so we, we if, you, if you're new here, that's why we pick on Joe, because we love him. <laughs> All right, well, then I'm, I'm going to summarize this up. Wouldn't they be seeing a wonderful Christian community taking care of each other, loving each other, hurting with each other, having fun together, and have absent all the selfish, self-centered junk that you see in the world. Absent from that. See, there, we, did a, we said a lot of things that they would see, but really true, there's a lot of things that, things that they would not see. And that's just as powerful. They would not see someone taking the knife out of someone's back. <laughs> you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't see those kind of stuff that that's how the world lives. One of the when we enter into this time of, of worship, I know this was kind of like a shotgun, but these were all the things that were going around, and I said, "Which one, Lord?" And He didn't answer me, so I said, "Okay, I'll just talk about both of them and all of it," because this is what's in my heart. I now have some responsibility at the church, which is just such an honor. And one of the things that's on my heart is doing whatever I can do, and this is not a leadership thing. I hate to tell you, it's not a leadership thing. It's a people thing. But what I can do as a member of this church, not as a leader in this church, what I can do as a member of this church is to do my part for bringing that Christian community 
Here, Amen. do my part. That's how it starts. If it's just pastors running around being nice and visiting everybody in the hospital and knowing everybody's name and, and running around, it's, it's just, boy, those pastors are really energetic. <laughs> but that world's not going to notice that. The world's going to notice all these one another's that we're just, you know, inviting each other for lunch and we're having in small groups has to go, it's got to go through the roof in this church. We have in our R12s. That's where a lot of the one another's happen in your home. We are just getting such good friends. We have such good friends from our R12 group, and we've met now for seven times, and it's just, it's not, you can't, you can't have that in any other way. That's another way to do it, but we could also do it with everything we do here. You know, deferring to someone else, let, let someone else go, you know, our, our needs, not being so sensitive. I mean, that's a, that's a big point for, for the, the pastors. <laughs> You're available for what? Lunch. Lunch. Okay. I thought the rule was someone, they take pastors out. No, the pastors, to, oh. That's right. Love one another goes both ways. And there's no, uh, no exempt. Okay. Now that I've said a little bit of that, what are some other, this is how we're going to enter into our worship time, is I just want a few more people talking about one another's that we can do here that would be visible by the world. Encouraging. The more story is a huge thing to show people what, what we're about giving yeah. without any regard to what we get. Yeah. Being there for your brother or sister and helping them out regardless of whatever their need is. Amen. There it is. In the back. talking a little bit about absence of spiritual pride, absence of trying to put on put on a false self to impress. Wow, that's that's deep, Ron. Uh, the word says they'll know you by your fruit. So um, and each part each one of us have a different part to play in, in the body of Christ. And um, and the fruit that we produce in this congregation, they will see that in our in our lives as well. Mm. Amen. That's good. Kathy. Ooh. We have clicks? <laughs> Isn't that just one of those, the human things you just can't, I mean, go to junior high. Oh, my goodness. But we do the same thing as adults. We have our little group. Yes, we need to get out of our clips, clicks at a, at a, at a very fast clip. I want to read to you something from I, I oh we got another one here. I just want to say I'm not against it, but I like the church. Being a friend when you see another friend and you're going into darkness Ooh. and you go there and you tell her what God has told you and I know because this happened to me. And my friend came to me 
Praise the Lord. This was probably the wisest thing I've heard tonight, right here. Amen. Being, yes. We, we want you as a member. We need you around here. One second, Pete. Okay, she said, oh, that's good. Thank you. She said, and I'm going to add my own little flair to it, but to be brave enough to go after a brother or sister in the Lord when they're heading towards sin, be brave enough to chase them down and say, you're going into sin, come back this way. Now, there's scriptures that, that support that, and we... Joe, is that you? <laughs> I thought maybe you had one of those phones that threw the ring somewhere. Throw me off. No, but seriously, you know what? We Too often, a, a family doesn't love each other. You've seen those families that don't love each other. Oh, my goodness. They were talking to them again. They're out of here. You know, it's like, what? No, a family that loves each other, you, you chase after them and you bring them back. And if you have to have a fist fight to do it, you do it because you, you love them. I've done that. I've had some friends in my life that I've chased down. Some have come back and some haven't come back. We had our fist fight and it didn't accomplish anything. But we have to be brave enough to say, where is that phone? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Where's that phone? Oh, just kidding. We have to be brave enough to say, you know what? It's going to be hard on me to do this. And I don't have the right personality for this, and I'm not going to call Pastor Neil because he has the right personality for this. I have to do it myself. And I'm getting him on the phone, or I'm going over to his house, and I'm saying, listen, no, this is not okay that you're doing this. This is not okay. That's part of love. That's love. Thank you. That's really good. Well, you just didn't hear what she said. What's your name? I know I asked you because I took your tape order and I forgot. Annabelle, that's right. Thank you, Annabelle. You know uh, that the book Wild at Heart made John Eldridge famous, and it seems like every time I have an opportunity to share something like I did at the men's breakfast, I, the daily reading is just so perfect. This is today's daily reading from John Eldridge. <clears throat> Be kind, for everyone you know is facing a great battle. A true community, okay, I'll just keep going this time, the laughs are over. A true community is something you will have to fight for. You'll have to fight to get one. And you'll have to fight to keep it afloat. But you fight for it like you're bailing out a life raft during a storm at sea. You want this thing to work. I'm talking community here. You need this thing to work. You can't ditch it and jump back on the cruise ship. This is the church. This is all you have. Without it, you're going down or back to prison. Suddenly, all those one another's in Scripture make sense. Love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. I forgive you. 
acts of kindness become deep. I don't forget. Oh, I mean, I forgive you too. I'm sorry. I'm just getting carried away. Has this ever happened to you, Pastor? This many? I wasn't prepared for this. Acts of kindness is turning off your phone. Become deeply meaningful because we know we're at war. Let's see if I can get this back to being serious. Acts of kindness become deeply meaningful. Remember, we have an enemy trying to tear us apart. So acts of kindness become deeply meaningful because we realize that we're at war. We have an enemy. Knowing full well that we are all facing battles of our own. We give one another the benefit of the doubt. Lay isn't intentionally being distant from me. She's probably under an assault. That's why you must know each other's stories. Know how to read one another. A word of encouragement can heal a wound. A choice to forgive can destroy a stronghold. You never knew your simple acts were so weighty. It's what we've come to call lifestyle warfare. We check in regularly with one another. Like Annabelle said. We check in regularly with one another, not out of a paranoia, paranoia, oh, do you still like me? But in order to watch over each other's heart. How's it going? But be careful about what you are looking for from community. For if you bring your every need to it, it will collapse. Be careful what you bring to community. If you bring your every need to it, it will collapse. I realized it because I was, oh, um, I left on our annual, okay, let me back up. Community is no substitute for God. So you remember, that's why I talked first about our love relationship with the Lord, and then we can enter into love relationships with one another. Only then. This is not me speaking, remember, it's not my writing. I left, even though it's he left. <laughs> I left for our annual camping trip. I left our annual camping trip after it was over, absolutely exhausted and disappointed. As we drove home, I realized it was because I was looking to them to validate me, appreciate me, fill this aching void in my heart. Only once in the, ten, in the ten days did I take time to be away with God alone. I was too busy trying to get my needs met through them. Which is why community cannot survive without solitude. That's how he ends that. Really powerful, isn't that? So you can, you can see the importance of our individual relationship with the Spirit, with the Lord, with Jesus, strengthening us giving us resources to reach out to one another and, and take care of each other. And wow, we would have this community that people would be, guess what, our new lobby has windows. <laughs> We're going to be fellowshipping. That's a fellowship hall. In our lobby is a fellowship hall. And the coffee bar is over here and the fellowship hall is over here and our front door is over here. And 75,000 cars are driving by a day and we have floor-to-ceiling glass and that whole circular dome People are going to see us loving on each other, Amen. having fun. Yes. Let's, let's not make it just a picture or a photo. Let's really be doing it on the inside. 
But it begins with our relationship with the Lord. We don't come needy. We come looking where we can give. Amen. So let's enter in, into a time of worship. And I, and I meant to, to start with prayer, and I forgot. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray us into worship while the band comes up. Lord God, I thank you for this evening. I thank you that you honored my prayer to speak through me and to bring a word. Lord, we are here because we want to know you better. We want to know you deeply. We want to understand your love for us more fully so that we can have our love for you grow and that marriage relationship between us flourish and be so successful. So, Lord God, I pray that you would receive our praise like a sweet aroma to your nostrils. Lord, we love you. We praise you this evening. Lord, I pray that after we worship you, Lord, that you would speak to us through prophecy. Lord, just speak to us. We're going to give you space, and I ask that you would speak to us through the word and through your people. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> 